You are now rocking with the Bunt, the People's Podcast, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. You be kind, motherfucker. Vans. Off the wall since 1960, motherfucking sick. <laughs> And now, live from Studio E, The Bunt with Safer and Donovan. I'm D Jones. I got the ghost with me. Ants one behind the scenes. It's a cool thing. Still. And ain't a damn thing changed inside studio. We we got a real UK bodmon in the building. Ghost, tell the people what's cracking this week. Yo, special week in Studio E. We got to reconnect with a homie who lived here back in 2012. I feel like we got to know him more on the pod than we ever did in Toronto because for whatever reason, our paths didn't cross that much. But what a pleasure to have the legend Dom Henry in Studio E. And you know what time it is. Post office. It's a long one this week. Thanks for your long ass emails that we had to read. <laughs> Appreciate it as always. And then you know what time it is. The rundown. And woo, fantasy football is getting real close. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Bunt Live. Like us on Facebook at the Bunt. Keep sending your emails into the Bunt Live at gmail.com. And spend some time over at www.thebuntlive.com as well. You could do your post office stuff there, listen to all the old episodes, bunch of heaters on the website, and before you know it, there'll be some new clothes up there as well. Y'all know we don't call ourselves the People's Podcast for no goddamn reason. Wes Kramer once taught us, you gotta be for the people, and we've been living by that ever since. We are trying to send one lucky winner to the Empire Open presented by Monster and Vans at La Taz Skate Park in Montreal, Quebec, August 29th to September 1st. The Empire Open is open to AMs and pros, male and female, with a 40k cash prize. Man, this contest is the real deal. This ain't fucking brain surgery or rocket science. It's as easy as one, two, three, and the ghost is going to break it down for you. All you got to do is send us one minute of footage, your best clips, am or pro, or even an unsponsored old washed up bum. It don't matter. Send us your clips. We're going to review all of them, and the winner is being announced next week. Make sure you do it ASAP, Rocky. I can't wait to get a bunt listener to Montreal. It's going to be epic. And you already know, I'm going to give you an extra 10% on your score if you do a switch trade. Send your clips over via DM to the bunt live on Instagram, baby. Couldn't be easier. We're talking about a free flight and accommodations in beautiful Montreal. Empire open. Let's get it. Without further ado, it is time for the ghosts shout out of the week. And man, I saw something on Instagram today. I want to shout out, man. The Good Neighbors releasing a Grant Patterson clip. Woo! Jeez, I love that, man. Unfortunately, Suchu didn't drop his new part this week. So we need something new, baby. Well, we're going to give it to Mark every week until it comes out. All right. But additionally, I just want to give a quick shout out to Primitive's Marek Zaprenzi. 
definitely have no clue how to say your last name but you're a beast and we got a soft spot for you over here at the bunt because we're both six feet tall plus and you look like you're fucking you got an inch or two on both me and dono <laughs> and it can't be easy jumping off those massive gaps shout out to you you killed it in that new part and then yo dane barker finally officially on cons and boy did he deserve it that was some heavy shit spot selection trick selection death defying fucking roll on rails that shit was savage b that was insane man you could see the relief in his eyes when he got across to the other yeah, side yeah, yeah. Eh? kick this board off <laughs> my life i love that edit that was a uh, that was cool the slow-mo kicked the board off oh and one more uh shout out this isn't a part but the uh, mostly skateboarding podcast they're taking a break hopefully they're not off for too long i meant to say this a couple weeks ago but uh shout out to y'all they had some real nice things to say about us check them out if you haven't mostly skateboarding podcast thanks for the love and uh reciprocated mm, y'all some real ones we hope to see you back very soon so like we said we got dom henry in the building this week the real uk bodman riding for cafe or skate cafe or whatever you want to call it calf we'll leave it up to you but we super excited to have him inside studio we like a long lost brother man if you're not familiar with dom henry you know we only pick the dopest dudes to have on the pod mm -hmm. so there's a reason he's on here familiarize yourself with them as you're listening youtube him he's got like thirty thousand parts out there he's a footy machine he's got the epic steez he skates mach 10 i wish i could nollie backside flip like that yo without further adieu is that what how do you say it? i do yeah anyways yo let me go to the fridge and get a fucking steamy for both of us crack that shit canada's premium pilsner steam whistle beyond Mr. Dom Henry in the building. Welcome to Studio E, my friend. Oh, thanks for having me. Good to hear from you guys, yeah. Super excited to connect with you, man. So we start every show off the same. Hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment. Okay, I'll start with skate moment. My favorite skate moment is probably selling Chad Muska a Chad Muska element board. What? Um, <laughs> myself, for full price. What? <laughs> That was quite that was quite an interesting, memorable day. I didn't want to sell it to him for full price. I offered not to, but he was in Manchester where I used to live. I was working in Note Skate Shop and he came running in before a super demo. Uh, like this was like five years ago, but they've just been back this like this month. But yeah, Musker comes in, Penny comes in, and I'm serving like two customers, but obviously it blows my mind that Musker's there. And he's yeah. just like, do you guys, do you guys carry Element product? <laughs> and, I, and, and, and like, we actually didn't, but the boss had just kindly bought one Musker board. He, he would always buy one board of everyone on a tour in case they came in. Just oh, yeah. super, because he's a nice guy. So yeah. I actually was busy, but I just had a Musker board in arm's reach. So I was just like, <laughs> yes, and just handed him a, a Musker Element board. And then, yeah, he was down to support the shop. So he insisted on paying full price and wow. took it to the demo and, uh, I then saw him do a musket flip on that board. Um, but when I finally closed the shop and got down there, I was standing on top of a quarter pipe and I got to see him do the original, like, illusion musket flip from bird's eye view. So I didn't, it was great. I didn't see his grip tape once. Like, it was just, it was, it was fucking 
fantastic and he had a megaphone in his hand wow. so that skate moment that was a pretty good skate moment that's amazing <laughs> sports moment i'm gonna be one of those annoying guests that say they don't really follow that much sports but i always get into the world cup and i think I, my sports moment was just last summer it was one it was like the best summer in europe but like the weather was ridiculous in london it was just blue mm. skies for like three months and that coincided with England, who normally get knocked out quite early, going quite far in the World Cup, like the football World Cup, soccer, whatever yeah. you want to call it. And um, just the summer, as, the, as they kept on getting through and getting through all the way up to the semi-finals, just the spirit, even among the skaters and stuff, and just all our mates, was just funny. Just they just made the summer even sicker. Mm -hmm. So just just the like quite good England football campaign in last World Cup. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty weak, but that's no, that's about all I can that's about all I can think of. We were hoping it was coming, coming home, home. Yeah, it was coming home. That was the thing, and <laughs> even just the the hope like made it fun, even we though it were, didn't happen. We were there for the it was the quarterfinals when they beat Sweden, right? I yeah, I think so. I remember all I remember is they got knocked out by Croatia in the semifinals. Yeah. I can't remember the exact order of the games before that. That was a crazy game too against Croatia. Yeah, I think they should have won that one. I think the UK can blame us for that. We took our good luck with us to Paris, and then mm -hmm. oh, you just left. You just left us in the lurch. Yeah, you should have stayed for the, for the one whole game. tournament. But we yeah. got to watch that game at a proper UK bar yeah. oh, or sick, pub, sick. should I say? Pub, pub. yeah, that's Honestly. a dope experience. So, that, so yeah, you got to um, got to see what I'm talking about. Party in the streets. It was amazing, man. Yeah, it was a good summer, man. Love it. So, yo, let's go back to the beginning. Where'd you come up, and how'd you get into skating? Uh, I grew up in a town called Reading, which is just west of London. It's like it's like thirty minutes on the train from from London, and pretty generic entry level story, I reckon. I just my my older brother's friend skated and uh, could like roll off a two stair and fifty this weird wooden quarter that was like not too far from our house, and I thought that looked pretty cool, so. Me and my brother just uh, got boards for Christmas at some point, and um, that was it. And I just skated with my brother near my house, and he skated for like a year and then gave up. But then I met everyone else in Reading, and like all the older dudes, and yeah, just kept skating Reading really for a few years, quite a few years. How old were you? I think I was 11 or 12. I think it was the nice. first year of secondary school. Okay, yeah, yeah. High school. Like grade seven for us. Yeah. I think that's it, yeah. Is that like when you started too, bro? That's I started in grade seven too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think grade seven. So what was your first big break in the skate industry? Well, I don't know if it, I, I don't know if I can call it a big break, but probably the first time I started, other than having like a board sponsor, I got on DC Shoes in the UK when I was about 16. And then that was interesting because I then got to go on a few trips with them, a couple of trips around the UK actually. And one where like Wenning and Devin Calloway and Ryan Smith came. And that was super yeah. interesting. And I, I had never had a photo in a magazine. And like loads of people were angry about it. Like, who the fuck is this dude? And, yeah, and then I was on a trip <laughs> with like Wenning. And I was like, what? Well, I'm out of my depth. How's this happened? <laughs> this, this is a massive admin error. So, um, yeah, probably getting on DC, to be honest. That was, um, meant I got to meet a few people and go on a few trips with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably that to start with. That's yeah. epic. Anything you can tell us, some behind-the-scenes action with Wenning or Ryan Smith that you remember? I mean, both, actually, to be honest. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, I've got a pretty good story about both. Okay, the Wenning one, 
He was he was really quiet. Like the person that me and I, like the the English guys kind of interacted with the most, to be honest, was Devin Calloway. He was the most kind of like chilling with us and talking to us the most. You know, uh, the yeah. others were cool, but Devin was like kind of the most social with us. But anyway, it was the first it was the first trip I'd been on with DC and didn't know anyone on the UK team and turned up and um, made friends with someone who I'm now friends with to this day, my friend Tony De Silva who's a guy from up north in Manchester. He's a bit older than me. I met Tone, and we were, we were the first people at the hotel. We hit it off, and um, so I ended up... When they were like, oh, who do you want to share a room with? It was just like, well, I met this dude first, so I guess we will. I don't smoke weed anymore, but at the time I did, and Tony did. And so we went upstairs after, like... We'd just been introduced to the other UK guys and, like, the Americans. Went upstairs, and we smoked a big zoot, and then got told we had to come down to the lobby to go for a meal... And I feel like this, this is so much build-up for how unfunny it's going to sound. But we were then sat at this big table in this, like, um, Asian chain restaurant called Wagamama's. And it was sort of like, get what you want, you know? So you could get really mm. tech, like stir-fries and, <laughs> you know, if you're into meat, like all sort of ribs, whatever you wanted, all sorts of stuff. And so we all ordered, and me and Tone were really high and a bit sort of shy. And I'd only just met him as well. And I was sat opposite Tone... But he was sat directly next to Wenning. And then all the food starts coming. And then Tony just kicks my foot and just like with his eyes sort of gets me to look at Wenning's meal. And like of all the things you, you could have, Wenning had just got a plain bowl of white rice and, oh. a, plain, a, and a plain bowl of white noodles. And, because, and we were just like, I looked at Tony and looked at it. And then we didn't know anyone. And we spent the rest of the meal just like, <laughs> like try, trying, trying not to crack up. It just, for some reason, was the funniest thing ever at the time. Damn, BW not taking advantage of that DC budget, man. Yeah, yeah exactly. He was, though. He seemed like he had a Habitat credit card. He was going off doing all sorts. <laughs> um, he, he shot a sequence, then he would just sort of dip, do stuff. Um, he killed it, though. Wow. Am I allowed, are you friends with Ryan Smith? No. no man we're trying to we're trying to track him down but mm -hmm. he's a hard dude to track down we yeah. gotta get okay, i'd like you to cut days. out the question are you yeah i don't even know if i can tell the Ryan smith one to be honest yeah yeah um, fuck it so you came up in the uk you've been there for a while uh it seems like in the past decade the scene and the skate culture has just exploded through the roof with brands like palace isle you're, you're on skateboard cafe uh, killing it what's it been like for you just to see that over the years and what do you think of the state of skating in the uk now i think it's rad i think i think blueprint skateboards had a lot to do with it and um of course all the videos that like dan mcgee made for them and um yeah and then and then a lot of, to be honest a lot of those people that were involved with that like jensen's obviously but I, I, feel, I feel like a lot of people have been inspired by his skating like you can sort of see you know, like skating curb cuts or making use of distinctly British things rather than trying to find, you know, a big three in some school that might exist, <laughs> but it wouldn't yeah. it'd be no point because it wouldn't really look like England. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think people have really embraced, like, the surfaces we have and, like, the weird spots we've got. And, yeah, I think there's a lot of good stuff coming out of uh, the UK now. It's, it's sick. Wait, are you trying to come at Karan's uh, spot where he grew up? The big three. Oh are you no, no, are you no! Chirping them. Oh. That, that's a that's a I like that's a sick big three. I was just trying to think of a generic like huck spot as stuff, opposed yeah. to 
Yeah, rather than like making use of what we've actually got. Go find unique. a UK Yo, putting no respect on his Switchback 3. I see how it is. Mate, it's the best. <laughs> That's one of the most... Imp- I can't imagine anything more difficult than Switchback 3 and Lloyd's. Karan's a freak. That's not possible. <laughs> yeah. That's a teammate beef there, man. Nah, I think you're creating it. Unfortunately, <laughs> you're at the heart of it. <laughs> so you've been a part of Note Skate Shop Gang for a while. What have they meant to you and how's working there treated you over the years? Man, being involved with um, with Note is, uh, has been amazing. Yeah, they, they've probably been... the. It's probably because of Note that I still get to be sponsored or get to be involved in skating because they always, they always have my back when I needed it. And like, so Note, Note is up north in Manchester... And uh, I lived there for like six years, up until a couple of years ago I lived there. And yeah, just working in the shop and skating for the shop, just the scene involved, not just in Note, but the whole Manchester scene's amazing, but like, yeah, people like Joe Gavin, who's like, he's been pro for landscape skateboards and all sorts of, like, he's made loads of videos for the shop, even though... He's, you know, he kills it skating in his own right, but he's done so much to film the whole scene. And so, Note's always putting out edits and it's, yeah, it means that there's always more people moving to the city because they're like, basically, the spots are worse than the actual PR for the city. Like, people make videos in Manchester that make it look sick. And then it's when people move there for uni because they're like, oh, I'll go to Manchester. They're like, oh, it's actually not that sick for skating. People are just sick (laughs) of making, people are just, there's loads of just sick filmers here that have made it look sick. But, um, right. yeah, I'm rambling. Basically, note for life. Yeah. Shit's <laughs> dope. <laughs> That's what's up. So you visited Toronto. I'm not sure exactly when. 2012-ish, I'm guessing. Yeah, exactly right. Oh, word. What brought you to the city and when you coming back, G? Damn. Um, I want to come back as soon as possible. I'm slacking, yeah. I need to get back there. The reason I went over there is that my older brother lives in Canada. And at the time he lived in Toronto. So, and he was getting married to a Canadian. So, yeah, he was just like, well, if you're going to get a ticket, it was still kind of getting over winter in England. It was like February or March. And he said, if I came, yeah, if I came to the wedding, like, he was like, why don't you just stay and try and get a job and just, just try and stay for the summer? So basically my brother hooked me up with a place to stay. And then straight away I just ended up you know I was meeting whoever was rolling through like Blue Tile Lounge and Dumbat basically it was just I was just meeting you know all the crew and I really mm. liked it and uh yeah it's sick I'd like to go back it was oh, good it was a really back, yeah. it was like it, yeah it was like eight months Damn. holy shit eight months yeah so did you end up getting a job okay so this is the funny part but um I had applied for this like working holiday visa that you can get up to a certain age, you can get this working holiday visa if you're like a UK citizen for Canada. So I paid the money and I applied for it and it just didn't come. And I'd been there for a month and it still hadn't come. And I'd try and ring them and email them and they, I couldn't and it wouldn't come. And in the end, I was like having to borrow money off my brother. And then thankfully, the legendary Paul Liliani, um, <laughs> Dumbat boss, yeah. Paul, Paul's dad actually gave me a job cash in hand because I didn't have the right to work in his skate shop and so the thing was with this i was i was very grateful to have the job but in this particular skate shop i'm sure paul wouldn't mind me saying it wasn't the coolest skate shop in toronto because there were a lot of other ones there are a lot of other ones so this one actually sold longboards as well as skateboards 
-hmm. And because it sold longboards, unfortunately, most of the customers that come in weren't skateboarders; they were longboarders. Right. And they would, yeah, and they'd immediately start talking to me as if I was a longboarder. <laughs> and basically, I, yeah, I never knew until that year that I would end up knowing what drop-through trucks were, or talking about, <laughs> or talking about the flex of a board after a certain speed. So yeah, it was a weird job, but like Paul's dad fully saved me though. So yeah, yeah. thanks, Rick. Hey, shouts to the Liliannis, man. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, but yeah, we didn't. I feel like neither of us really got to know you too well i was no. injured i don't know where donna was at but we definitely <laughs> saw you around but yeah, you, got, know, you gotta come crazy. back man you gotta come back like sure. over the years past that i I kind of i was like how the hell did i not meet them because we've got loads of friends in common so yeah yeah i definitely want to come back and we'll uh we'll skate we got a foot just talking to you for a few minutes now i already want to go back to london man yeah but like yeah. you said, we when we were there last summer, the weather was absolutely insane. Like, yeah, yeah, something like we would probably never get again. But it was beautiful, man. Yeah, like it's been nothing like that this year. It's been grey and windy, like most of the like loads of the summer this year. Yeah, we had like pure blue skies and crazy. not a drop of rain. Yeah, it was madness. And parties so in good. the streets, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Everyone was just in a good mood because just waiting for the next football game, right? Exactly, and, and and then added on top of that, the fact that it's out of ordinary for the weather to be that good, that people mm -hmm. are just losing their minds. It was. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was sick. So you're an underground, underrated ripper, but the UK puts respect on your name, and you recently turned pro for Skateboard Cafe. What was that experience like? That was really cool. Um, yeah, really, I'm really, really stoked that they did that for me. Um, it was awesome, man. It was just like, I'd had all sorts of board sponsors, but then about a year and a half ago, I was, I was now living in London. I was skating with Karan. Um, I was also skating with Rich, who's like the co-owner and like the filmer and like makes the vids. And I was just like, why don't, well, he was sort of, but both of those guys basically said, why don't you just get involved with us? And then it's no stress. We, we're just in the same place. And, um, mm -hmm. You know, it's, everyone always ends up saying it. Like, it's it's more fun to work on something local. Like, yeah. well, with your friends that you see more often. Because before that, I was skating for Politic. And that was really, really sick. But because, obviously, everyone was in the States, I didn't really see anyone all that much. I, you know, I met a few of them. But getting on caf cafe meant that I could, um, yeah, we could do more stuff. We could go on trips, work on videos. So, yeah, I'm stoked they did that. And um, I really like the graphical direction that Cafe's going in. So, yeah, it was good. It was, um, I was stoked. That's dope, man. Congrats again. You've Thank seriously you. been pumping out footage like That's no insane. other. 100% <laughs> deserve that pro status, baby. Mm -hmm. Oh, cheers, boys. Thank you. <clears throat> Is it CAF? You guys say skateboard CAF or CAFE? Yeah, I mean, it depends. It kind of depends where you're from. In some places, people would just describe a CAFE as a CAF. And then, I don't know, I'm more instinct, I, instinctively, I'm more tempted to say cafe than calf. But, yeah. but I mean, those guys, those, I guess those guys from Bristol, like where it's from, they, they'd say calf. So like, yeah, I guess Karam will tell you it's called calf. I'll tell you it's called cafe. <laughs> and, um, and sometimes it will say skateboard cafe. But yeah, it's dope. <laughs> I've hyped on it. Hell yeah. <laughs> the graphics are dope, man. Yeah, this guy Gorab is doing a lot of... Um, a lot of the illustration ones that like he did my board and um, yeah shout out to Gorab, kills it 
From selling longboards to selling your own boards. Oh. <laughs> what a wild ride. Yeah. 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 That's it's amazing. a pigeon to eagle story. <laughs> <laughs> It is that wonderful time of the week where we get to award one of our Bunt listeners a fresh box from CHPO Brand. It's light work this week. We're making it real easy. Head over to chpobrand.com and find our Barn Burner logo. It'll be hidden on there. And in no time, you'll have some hater blockers on and some diamonds on your wrist. You heard? Take a quick screenshot and send it to the buntlive at gmail.com. And before you know it, you're going to think you have Studio E with a box showing up at your door. So we love UK hip hop, the grime scene, every bit of it. But how do you feel about it? I don't know, man. I might be the wrong person to ask because I'm not that up on grime. I'm sort of stuck in the past listening to like the sort of UK hip hop that was more actually like kind of boom bap hip hop rather than like the new kind of grime sound mm-hmm. that I, I kind of listen if I'm going to listen to UK hip hop I'll listen to the same stuff I listened to that came out like 15 years ago like uh, Task Force and Roots Maneuver and Jest and uh, people that didn't really make any money but the scene was really big at one time but I guess it was pre-internet so like people couldn't really like make that much money off it, it mm-hmm. not pre-internet but pre-social media I felt yeah. like I felt like there were people that were really good doing like hip hop in England, but they didn't get to the heights that you could probably get to now in grime or something. Right, but you're a hip hop head. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. I mean, I like a bunch of different stuff, but yeah, I've always been always been pretty into hip hop to be honest. That's what's up. Us too. We heard you had the honor and the privilege to rap with Tom Penny. What's the story there? Oh fuck! <laughs> when was that? Um, the, the, well, to be honest, it's a story I don't remember, but I, but I, I hear that there is evidence that it exists that I'd never want to see. <laughs> oh, but this was, this, this was probably from the same tour, Supra tour, when I worked at Note, like, five or six years ago. That was probably around... Because Penny was around then, I remember. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm a bit of a dork. I'm basically Nate Sherwood. If, if I'm a bit boozy, I'll probably end up rapping. If I've had to, It's a sign that I've had too many. And then I never want to know anything about it or hear any of it ever again because it will make me cringe inside out. Mm. So thanks. And I'm sure... I don't, know, I don't know who's told you that. Probably Karam, but yeah. Embarrassing. Very embarrassing. It's all good. <laughs> we got to find that evidence somehow, man. That sounds hilarious. No, we won't do it to him. No, no. Just, no, just, no, for, no. just for our, for sure our eyes only. For our eyes only. Yeah, I'm sure we've all been there. A couple <laughs> yeah. few too many beers and then you think you can rap. It could get pretty ugly, man. I found uh, this clip because remember I said I was going to look for some footage for you. Mm-hmm. And I found a clip of us in the van in Miami and you're driving. And then I started freestyling in the front. <laughs> and I said something how'd it go? so random at the end. Yeah, it, I, I blew it. I was actually had a flow going. And then, oh, I remember that. Yeah. One, That's yeah. what I mean. I, I can't, I, I'm not, all, I don't think I've always been that bad, but um, I've definitely hung up the mic. <laughs> don't you remember at, the, at Nick and Gaby's place in Florida, they had that little studio and we were yeah, recording yeah. some rap tracks. Thank, thank God for Gaby being a good friend and never putting those out. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd almost like to edit out the fact that I just said I'm, I'm not that bad because then people will think... <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I'm gonna no, I'm, I'm gonna change my answer. I am really bad. So yeah, never again. <laughs> so your skate parts are always very well put together. Trick selection, spot selection, always on point, and you skate fast as hell. We're big fans over here and want to know what your process for putting parts together is like. Well, I've had a few now, so I think as I get older, really trying not to do too much of the same stuff because I'm not saying you don't repeat tricks, but like after a point, it's going to be boring to film the same part. And I, and, and I probably have filmed a couple that are similar to each other, but like mm-hmm. I guess the process is trying to, trying to skate spots that I haven't skated before as much as possible and trying to film tricks that I haven't had many of or that I've never filmed in that way or, yeah, trying to do different things. But maybe it all looks like, I don't know. I don't know if it looks like that, but I guess I try and just keep, keep them all varied. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. That's the hardest part, though, man. Like, filming new tricks. Every part, like, if you're Reynolds, you know you're going to have your frontside flip, your cab, your varial heel. Yeah. But mixing the spots up or doing it on a different type of spot is a key but fucking doing it, a new trick altogether is the hardest thing. New trick and new spot is the hardest. Uh, I've got friends that luckily are honest enough to tell me to just retire a trick. Like <laughs> one, one of my friends told me that I'd used my ticket for Clyde Slide Shove. You know, the old fakey, like fakey switchback tail shove. Yeah. Fakie, you know, like fakey no side shove thing. Yeah, Clyde yeah. Slide Shove. <laughs> I, my, my, friend in, my friend in Melbourne, Digby, just straight up told me, he's like, nah, you've used your ticket. <laughs> like, I can't do any more. So I had to retire that one for a few years. It's expired now. I've used my yeah. ticket. So sometimes if you're not careful, your ticket expires and you you cannot film one of them ever again. Yeah, it's, it's good to have homies like that that are yeah. straight up. Yeah, we. I mean, we watched all your parts. I, I'm not saying I agree because you do them really well. But yeah, you, you had a few out there. There's variations, though. You did that one that you, dropped you, down you, the nose can, manny, right? Yeah. Yeah, and if you leave it a while, it's okay. But sometimes yeah, you exactly. have to really leave it a while. Yeah. <laughs> and then you did the one with the three shove over the the ledge gap at Canada Water. Oh yeah, that was crazy. What the fuck? How do you ride riding through that thing? You just went right through like it was no problem. No, no, I didn't actually. That, 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 I wasn't. I did that one kind of gross because um, of the bumps. I, 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 so I then filmed a different one at Lloyd's later on because I was uh, kind of unhappy with the Canada Water one, mm-hmm. like. No, thank thank you for saying that though. I feel like I'm being really like rude now, but um, <laughs> I think I was tr- I did try and do that one again at Canada Water, but it was getting really dark, and so eventually I just I just missed the nose slide and just put it into like fakey board and just ate shit onto the stair and then off yeah. it. So yeah. that yeah, so I just took the one I did basically. Yeah. That's one of those spots where until you go there, you're not gonna know how challenging it is to actually ride away. Like I'd see that in video parts and be like, "Oh, cool, like a perfect." Yeah, it sounds ledge. like he hit a little rough patch. At the <laughs> yeah, end, but, but then you go and you're like, well, oh, yeah, you shit. have to land in those. You have to land in blind the blind bumps and just hope yeah. that you hit the perfect seam of them that will let you. You gotta kind ride of, with them instead yeah. of against. You gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta try and like minimize the bumpiness, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, de- I don't. I definitely didn't do the best job in, in that case. But yeah, I tried, to, I tried to put the wood down in front of it, and Bob called me out. Like, you can't do it with yeah, a piece of wood there. I'm like, I don't think it's possible. Kind, it's kind yeah. of, kind of illegal. Yeah. You can't be, you can't be taking wood to an otherwise seamless plaza made of marble. You know what I mean? Come on, the one, the one rough spot. I'm like, let's cover this. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. Just iron it out. You got your switch tail. You did it. Pull it off. You have a bunch of your own skate slang. Can you tell us a bit about some of it and? Uh, Maybe the meaning behind uh, here's a couple that we got sent to us. Homa keys, 
Homackies? I don't know what the hell that is. Oh, that's just like if you've been jumping and you're sore, you've got the Aaron Jaw Homackies. That's oh. his name. You, it's just, oh. it's just, it's just, it's just when you're, just when you're. Th- I don't know how you pronounce it, but when your thighs are fucked, you just have homokies. Like if you've been skating too much, you're just got the homokies. You're like limping so around. Perfect. Yeah, I feel like yeah. I feel like we gotta s- spread these terms around that the world. That was perfect. Because yeah. Karan was telling me some of them, God. and I was cracking up. I can, the, the thing is, as, all, as well, some of my favorite slang I cannot take credit for. Like that, that originates from either Christchurch, New Zealand, or Melbourne, Australia. Because I know that sounds insane, that starting the sentence like that, but I used to live in New Zealand, and I have a lot of friends that live between there and, and Australia, and a lot of those guys have influenced me with some of my favourite oh, okay. um, slang. So they're not always from the UK, yeah. But they're all good. <laughs> <laughs> what about go fast and do nothing? Oh, again, I think that's a Max Cooling original. It's a new... I guess it's a new fashion of skating, where you sort of... You go really fast but you, and don't do that much. It's just like, <laughs> you just go fast and do nothing. Like, yeah. maybe do like a Ollie Nose Manny and then just like push and do an Ollie. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, just do it. You, you, you've seen it. For you've sure. seen it. For sure. It's I out there. It. It's like, you can get cheers from like random people that don't mm-hmm. skate walking by, like, oh, look if at that. If the push is stylish, yeah, though, yeah, that's yeah. like the yeah, concentration yeah. is how graceful I yeah. am. I love that. <laughs> what about standing at checkout? I think that's Karan that's told you that, but he means cashier number four, please. And um, <laughs> that's like when someone gets into a stool on a mini ramp and then they, they hold the stool for too long. And I think I think maybe Joe Gavin from Manchester made that one up, or I was with him and we were joking about it. Like if someone gets into a stool and then they get they take really long getting ready to come back in. Like yeah. if you could say cashier number four, please. Like. <laughs> Then that's too long. Yeah. <laughs> that that's a pretty obscure one, actually. I love that. <laughs> I don't know if I spelled this right, but what about Swannies? Swannies is just again, it's a word from New Zealand, but it's it's like it's the name for illusion flips, aka mm. musket flips, aka my favourite one. Actually, I don't even know where this one's from, but my favourite for that we call it Swannies or trapdoors because it's like a trapdoor opening. So like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, basically frontside flips or hard flips or nolly backside flips that don't flip, you know, they just pop shove at star jumps. That's yeah. a swanny. Yeah. Okay. And what's crending? Um, that's, like, career ending, basically. Just <laughs> in, in, any, in, any, in any way. Like, you could maybe, you know, you might get too drunk and it'd be like, oh, he crended last night. Like, you ended your career. <laughs> right, or right, you, right. Or you, you know, you, or you just put out loads of, like, late flips and so you these tricks are kind of crending right because oh, they're like career ending decisions yeah so just general generally just ending your career be it socially skate professional yeah is that's just a, a funny one you gotta adopt i that love one, it man. there's a couple yeah. a couple we're gonna use a- any other ones that that we missed some key ones hmm Tench is quite oh, okay. Well, speaking is of tench, used quite a lot, just like um, awkward situations. That just word tench. And I didn't know what the hell it meant. Um, we heard you had a tench situation with uh, your roommate, I think, in an S cup. Oh yeah, basically the house I live in now. There was a flatmate that was quite annoying. I moved in with randoms, and <laughs> he. I had the, I had this pretty sick S mug. You know, it was like red. It was just like reminded me of Medic Matty. It was just like. I can't even remember where I got it. It's just some sick S mug. And 
one day I just hadn't seen it for like a week. It just hadn't resurfaced. So then I asked, I just asked someone in the kitchen, I asked them in the kitchen, like the three people I live with, I was like, oh, have you seen this red mug? And, um, and that guy was just like, the guy who ended up having it was just like, no, 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 I haven't. <laughs> and so I left it another day and I just kind of was like, I don't believe him. So I just looked in his door and there was the red S mug just um, with the handle broken off. Oh, and, no, no. And just, and so then I had a situation where I was like, he's already lied to me and said he doesn't have it. So he's likely to throw it away. You yeah. see what I mean? If, in that case. So I either have to tell him I've looked in his room for it or just <laughs> Let it go, go in and get it. So, yeah, or just let go, which is a pretty good option because I still actually have still not actually glued the handle back on. <laughs> so, I, so I kind of cared that much. I was like, oh, I want to save it and glue it back together. But long story short, I just had a bit of an awkward situation where I had to confront him like, it's all right, man. Like, you could have just told I, I had to go in your room because I just, just wanted to know where that mug is because I thought you were going to throw it away. I sound fucking insane now. Let's, I got the mug back. I got the mug back. He didn't apologize. It was all fine. And he's moved yeah. out, and now the house is dope. Yeah. Perfect. That's a real tench, my G. It was, a quite, it was definitely tench for a couple of days. <laughs> Seriously tench. Ghost, I have just got to be honest with you. We have never looked fresher than we have this summer, baby. And that's all thanks to the good folks over at Brixton. But summer is unfortunately coming to an end quicker than we'd like. And the nights are getting a little chillier. So I'm thinking I need something with some long sleeves, man. <laughs> you came to the right place. You know I got you. Gotta keep my man fresh. I'm gonna bless you with the Bowery flannel, my dude. It's a Brixton original. It's about to be your favorite vintage flannel, but better. It's got a timeless standard fit. It's not too big, not too small, and tailored in all the right places, my dude. And that is exactly what I'm looking for. Keep up with Brixton's latest at Brixton.com, at Brixton on Instagram, and at BrixtonMFG on Twitter. So, speaking of roommates, what kind of questions do your muggle housemates ask you about skating? <laughs> um, right, the people I live with now are actually chill, but I did move in, and they actually show kind of like a decent level of interest in it, and they're, they're, they're nice. But the first house I moved to in London, when I moved down from Manchester, they were super civilian and um, like like I was from another planet. Like, you know, they were all kind of working in like finance or like lawyers mm -hmm. or just, I just bit off more than I could chew. It was super awkward. Like, yeah. I just, it wasn't chill living with the people that was like that different. And this one girl, she was clearly like not impressed with skating, but she was polite enough to sort of ask me about it. And she asked two amazing questions early on when I was living there. The first one was, um, she was like, oh, skateboarding, skateboarding. So, so what, what sort of stuff is it that you do? Is it, is it distance or? <laughs> and, and I was like, it's, nah, it's not, it's not really distance. <laughs> nah. And that was a confusing one. Just trying to just explain all skateboarding to her from, from, like the begin from like animal chin <laughs> i don't know it was, i just didn't bother i just left it yeah. and then the second one she asked a few days later which was amazing was that i told her that i was going filming and my friends because my friend makes makes skate videos he's like making a skate film and she was like oh so 
so what sort of thing is it? Is it is it scripted or? And I was like, no, it's not. It's not scripted. And it was just like it was just so alien to to her yeah. that like she could not grasp it in any kind of yeah way at all. So that was funny. I got out of there after two months. Did you educate her, or is she still out there thinking? <laughs> You're a distance skater filming a scripted film. I think she thinks I do. I think, yeah, I think she thinks I do scripted distance type stuff, <laughs> um, which I'm working on actually for, for next year. Just a feature length endurance film. <laughs> so you recently came out on Instagram. I'm sure that wasn't the easiest decision considering how nasty the internet can be. What was behind that decision? Well, actually the, the response was super positive and like, didn't really get any any negativity at all, which I was surprised by, which was cool. But I guess the decision, I basically always thought that I did. I always used to th- say, if to like like, oh, it's not really relevant. Like, why would I? Why would I need to talk about that in skating when it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really relate to skating? And also because like all my friends knew anyway, and and then, and then I sort of figured out loads of people in the UK at least knew it as well. So I sort of thought, well, I don't really need to like make some massive song and dance about it. So I just never, you know, I just left it, you know, right. that never felt. But then I had a change of heart this year. Just, I just had a conversation with my friend in the pub and we were talking about, it's kind of the cliche thing, but well, what if when you were 15 or whatever, like some skater that you liked had came out, then maybe you would have felt a bit less stressed or... Right. Of um, it, it might, I'm not, I don't want to fucking meddle, but I, it might help someone, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for, for me to just do a free Insta post, and when, when, we re, when, when I kind of looked at it like that, sort of like kind of be pretty whack not to, because it mm-hmm. might help someone, especially with like how much talk, more talk there is about mental health like in in skateboarding now which is good it it all kind of just made me think well maybe it'll help mm-hmm. and there's pro- and probably there's probably a small part of me that also thought like i say i'd figured out loads of people knew anyway so i thought it was best to just be like yeah i know you know so you don't have to feel awkward like right. around i think because yeah. i think there's people i knew like friends of friends they didn't know if they were allowed to know yeah. so oh, good, i just yeah. thought i'd be like yeah no it's cool i know you know it's fine so yeah, kind of did it on a whim after like one, like after playing pool with my mate the, yeah. like, the other day. Yeah. yeah, that's dope, man. Props to you. That's I so mean, cool. we, we knew from back in 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. But uh, obviously, it doesn't matter at all. But for any kids out there that exactly. it could potentially help, that's huge, man. So enough respect for that. And you can pretty much guarantee that you have affected some kids that way, man. Which is pretty awesome. Hopefully, it, yeah. Hopefully, it does some good. But yeah, thanks, thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Stoked. So we hear your skate knowledge is next level, but you hate being called a skate geek. <laughs> Why don't you wear that badge with pride? I mean, I wear it, but um, <laughs> I think I think it's just the terminology of geek grates on me. I know I'm wearing glasses, but just the idea that if you have a memory about the thing you like, then you're a geek. I sort mm. of I sort of expect I, I sort of expect others to remember more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you stand out if you, you stand out if you like remember too many video parts or you you know. But I'm sure surely you could be called sports geeks just just for being passionate about something. Well, I'm a skate geek too. No, I'm a I'm a skate geek, but but I ain't ashamed of it like you, cuz. No, like, I'm pe- not ashamed of it. Make- like I I I, I, no, I wear this. I wear this. He's just saying he expects others to know more. You don't think? Yeah, yeah. 
rather than you being a geek, you just think most people are undereducated. Well, yeah, no, maybe maybe that makes me sound like a snob. I just sort of <laughs> just um, I I think it's strange to be called a, ge- a geek just for being passionate about skateboarding mm-hmm. and like keeping in your mind like loads of, you know loads of things about it that you remember that was sick. Like I I I just think, well, I'm a skate kid. I, I thought you were. I thought we all were. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that's Not, it really. There's a wave of like, oh, like I don't watch skate videos. You yeah, know? there is. I mean, some people don't watch skate videos, which is fine, but I feel like there's other people that just say they don't just because it's cooler in a way or they think it is. Uh, you know they're watching yeah. shit right, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, I don't go on fucking Thrasher. Like, I don't care what's yeah, going yeah. on. Too I cool to talk about it at the party. <laughs> you know, I, I watch all that shit all the time, man. We fucking love this shit. No shame. Yeah, man. skating's sick. Like, why wouldn't you watch some? <laughs> Yeah, proud skate geeks out here, man. Yeah. Wear that badge with Let's pride. Man. <laughs> Some badge now. <laughs> Where it is, you'd like to get into stand-up comedy. What better place than to get some practice in? Let's hear a bit right now on the bunt. Ah, uh, see, nah. I think I've <laughs> I've never actually that claimed good. that I would do it. I, I that's um, false information. I think I've said like that would be that would be a good job. That would be something you could kind of do without having a normal job. Um, but I right. totally have not claimed. I have not claimed that at all. So <laughs> I have to. Yeah, I'm afraid I have to like no comment that question. <laughs> all right. Well, love it. You got us both laughing. So I think uh, you succeeded you without <laughs> even trying. All right. Well, thanks. <laughs> so what's next for Dom Henry? I don't know. Really, just um, keep skating. To be honest, I still sort of feel like I'm catching up with um, lost time because I ended up working in the shop in Manchester like full time for a few years, and it was only like a couple of years ago I've had the chance to 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 uh, work a little bit less and and move to London and skate more. So I'm kind of trying to skate now before my knees completely give in. Yeah, I don't know. I've I've always been pretty bad with um, planning for the future. To be honest, just. Uh, Working on a couple of little uh, little projects with um, with friends who film. My fr- I'm working on. Well, my friend Quentin Guthrie is an amazing filmer. He's made he made an edit called Next, and he made an edit called Brexit. They were both um, on YouTube. He's working on a new London thing that will be out not in not too, not too far away. And also, my friend Adam Todd Hunter is filming a little uh, London-based video. So yeah, just basically not stressing too much. Like I've filmed a lot of parts in the last few years so now i'm more than happy mm-hmm. to just like get bits and pieces for people's things and uh just skate fun shit like Amazing, skate yeah. skate mini ramps and like skate small grind boxes with the end with ends and just chill <laughs> you know like and just do shit when i want to yeah bro speaking of mini that back 180 fakey manny fakey flip into that like volcano type thing oh. is so fucked oh man jeez Thanks. Karan like coached me to do that. He basically bullied me that I, I had done it without the flip. And Karan, yeah, he insisted I could do it. And so, yeah, he kind of he kind of got it out of me. So yeah, props. So Thanks, sick. Karan. <laughs> so fuck, man. We're looking forward to everything you're working on, especially the stand-up career. Ah, and, that's not um, even a claim. I never claimed it. His rap career. Your yeah, rap I mean, I could maybe bring just more. something with words. Then you don't have to write anything down or sort of be anywhere particular. Yeah. And a bunch more frontside half cab no slide shoves. Man. I can't wait for all <laughs> of this. My ticket, Please. my ticket's expired. Keep doing them. <laughs> right, I'll try, try bring them back.
Y'all know what time it is. It's Rapid Fire with the Ghost. And this week, we brought to you once again by Local Trading. The Local Boys are out of the garage and on a trip in Mexico City, home of the Teotihuacan Pyramids. Inspired by this, Local is throwing a contest this week. Send your best trick of you skating a pyramid to at Local Trading on Instagram. And the dudes at Pyramid Country will pick a winner to announce on next week's episode. You heard? Local hit us with the box last week that popped right off. And now it's your chance, the listener, to win your very own Pyramid Country box. So send those clips to at Local Trading ASAP. Submissions are due by Sunday, August 11th. All right, Dom, let's get this shit popping. All right, bruv, you know what time it is. Antoine, shit. load up the guns. Dom's in the building. Favorite skater? Josh Kalis. Favorite video? Blueprint skateboards waiting for the world. And probably photosynthesis as well. Favorite video part? Danny Montoya in The Reason and Jack Sabak in the iPath promo. Sick. Some Toronto clips. Favorite style? Keenan Milton and Tom Penny. Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? Uh, my friends Kevin Francis and Joseph Funger, who were two of the older skaters that I made friends with when I lived in Wellington, New Zealand, just because they both are fucking legends in New Zealand. They both rip, but they just would encourage me to try and skate more than just like flat ground and ledges and sort of got me into skating mini ramp just by like, they were so keen to skate everything that I think that had an influence on how I skated to an extent. Switch frontside flips on mini, man. Beast. <laughs> and the board Sometimes. Flips. <laughs> yeah yeah no swannies <laughs> most talented skateboarder <laughs> on planet earth well it's probably harvey Sarmiento. oh true favorite trick kickflip hardest trick for you varial heel or any blunt slides most illegal trick i mean obviously nolly smith <laughs> um but i also really i don't think i've ever seen a nolly big spin heel that i've enjoyed yeah. So perhaps them, maybe Nolly Badspin Hill. <laughs> Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Maybe the fakie shove it flip, then switch shove it flip down this three and six in a Kensington ah. Library in London. Oh, Just because, sick. yeah, it was, it, it, was, it was difficult and I was so bad at landing the first trick that I wasn't getting any goes at the second one. So oh, I, was yeah. really surpri- I was really surprised when I did it. So maybe that. That's dope, man. I like the half cat flip, the nollie backside flip. That was. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much. Really dope. Yeah. That was the pleased. ground's so good there. I was just, yeah. It's a fun spot. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Uh, this was um, Carl Trull. Again, another skater from Wellington, New Zealand, um, where I lived between the ages of 19 and about 23. Um, Carl Trull, backside 50 50, a round handrail called Bowen. It was a 17 stair rail into a downhill and this was like more like 10 years ago at least and just i had never seen someone i people in england when i was growing up aren't really doing or weren't really doing massive rails so i had never seen anything like this someone doing just a dangerous long round handrail back 50 yeah. so yeah cultural's back 50 down bowen that's gnarly and shout out to uh, charlie monroe he's jumping on them rails oh fuck yeah he is he is i saw him do that one that's in the blips video that was that was incredible yeah, so gnarly. Oh, sorry, you're, I'm talking about Charlie Birch, who's, who also is doing that, but Charlie Monroe also, yeah. Both of those yeah. guys. They both are jumping on big rails here, yeah. Gnarly guys. What's the one trick that got away? 
the last time I went up to Manchester to get the last few things for that Cottonopolis vid, I tried I tried to recreate Stevie's Ender from the Chocolate Tour. Um, tried to do this manual on a, on Urbis, which is like the famous black marble um, like round ledge spot there, and uh, spent about two hours. But yeah, what it wasn't to be. So maybe maybe this manual I tried at Urbis. Yeah. Damn, switchy on those many fakey hard. Yeah. Woo. Landed on it, but I couldn't. I was oh. landing on it ninety and shit. I right. couldn't. It was it was too. It was a tall order. Maybe I'll try again one day. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see that, man. Yeah. Shout out Stevie. The best. What's the biggest bunt you've ever witnessed? I mean, I won't. I won't put them on blast. But I, I used to film a bit when I was in New Zealand. But I had a friend who would sometimes start a line that he wanted you to film with a trick he'd never done, and uh, <laughs> like start the line with like switch back tail, switch flip back tail, big spin, and that was like the first of like four tricks. And yeah, sometimes you'd have to sort of just say the battery was flashing after a bit oh, I, it would, oh, yeah. because I just didn't have the patience for filming. Everyone knows that dude. And I feel like I've been that dude before too. <laughs> I'm trying to learn the ledge trick at the end of the line. Yeah. What's the last new trick you learned? Well, I'm probably a bit, a uh, bit late on this one, but it was actually back tail shove. Cause, oh, um, what the f yeah, I've, I've learned all the tricks in the wrong order. So <laughs> I, I, as a 32 year old man, I did back tail shove and it felt great and I want to keep doing them. So yeah, yeah. probably that. <laughs> <laughs> What's your dream job after skating? Well, to be honest, I've always worked to skate. So probably my existing job, which is uh, I work for a distribution called Keen Distribution. And um, yeah, just helping out with marketing and like events and like team stuff. So yeah, probably just the fact that I, I get to work from home in London and skate. So probably my existing job for Keen Dist. Yes. Damn, love yeah. it, man. Living. That's Liv living. Living the dream. Yeah, man. Favorite local brand? Note Skate Shop and Skateboard Cafe. Favorite local skater? Keanu Robson also has a part in the Cottonopolis video. His part's on Free Skate Mag, and um, he is just a natural. And it's, yeah, I think it'd be hard not to like his part. So Keanu Robson's Cottonopolis part is really sick. Nice. I'm going to watch that after. And mm -hmm. Shout out to Free Skate Mag, man. They've been putting out Dude. so much good content Hell yeah. lately. Yeah, for sure. What's the one sponsor you regret riding for? It's funny. I'm, I'm slightly embarrassed that I've, at one point in my life, skated for Globe Shoes. <laughs> but but there are there's mitigating factors which was that I was living in New Zealand I'm not even from there and I'm like 1920 and I get offered by the distribution if I if I'm willing to skate globes I can have two chocolate boards a set of indies I can't even remember what wheels every month so I like I had to take it yeah. so, <laughs> so 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 Maybe Globe, just in terms of some of the footage where I've got big Globe stickers on my board from the past, but very yeah. deep in the past. But I can't say I regret it because it meant that I was had a great sponsor in a foreign land when I was really young. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah maybe that. Up, package yeah. deal. Yeah. yeah, package deal. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the chest. Favorite teammate ever? Tony De Silva. Worst teammate ever? Um, I'm, I'm, I reckon I'm just going to say Ollie Lott. He's my... Uh, my teammate on skateboard cafe just because he loves he loves to try and prank you when you're on a trip he's always just always fucking with me in some way or another so yeah ollie lock <laughs> worst company ryanair oh shit that <laughs> trafe airline that charges you for every little thing because yeah they make yeah the tickets am cheap. i allowed to, am, am i allowed yeah allowed to say that's that that's perfect yeah, <laughs> <fuck Ryanair>. yeah. <laughs> 
Push them gunshots on. <laughs> Worst trend. I think the return, the return of legitimacy to Swannies, like illusion flips. Strange, you know, they sort of got banned for a, for a while. And unless you're Musker or Lewis Cruz, I don't really want to see an illusion flip. So yeah. everyone just throwing out sloppy like nolly backside flips and just opening trapdoors everywhere. That's a bit <laughs> of a trend. And in, in yeah. a similar note, also anti-climax lines, which is where. Yeah. Someone tries, they get to, they start with a hard flip trick, like a fakie hards. They start the line with it so they get to have like as many goes as they want and then maybe just turn to regs and just do like a nose grind. I think that's kind of, that's, that's not, that's not ideal either. The hard trick first. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Anti-climax lines. Not fans of those either. Worst style. Well, it's probably a toss up between me and Billy Marks, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yo, love it. Last person you want on the sesh? Um, that would definitely be Meanie. Meanie, Meanie was a guy from my hometown in Reading who he was like a deranged bodybuilder who used to skate. <laughs> that had his real name was um, Amini, um, but we called him Meanie. And he would turn up at Tim Pot, which was like this metal park we used to skate, and he would turn up in like three quarter length denim cutoffs and then a, a thong sometimes which on the belt you could see above said hot stuff oh. and he had a t- he, he had a tear tattoo he wouldn't have a shirt or anything he had like that tear tattoo that either meant he like had killed someone or been to prison and he'd just yeah. tank around trying trying like impossibles that he wasn't going to land and then just like talking to us kids and he was just a fucking sketchy wild card he'd have like he'd, t- he'd turn up with like a, a box of pasta like a huge Tupperware tub of pasta and a bottle of vodka, and then he just like <laughs> chat to you, but then drink the vodka till he started crying, and then sometimes oh. like hold your hold your wrist while you were talking to you while he was talking to you, and he'd like, and he'd be all, all drunk and shit. You'd be like, right, I've got to wait till he lets go of my wrist to like mo- get out of the situation because yeah. this is really oh really God. weird. So yeah, just avoiding Meanie in Reading in the fucking early two thousands. Meanie is my answer. <clears throat> definition of last person you want on the sesh Nobody, yeah man if we ever show up in reading <laughs> yeah watch out for me <laughs> yeah man <laughs> all right y'all that's gonna wrap up our interview with dom my man you killed it thank you so much oh man really nice to speak to you guys and um thank you so much for having me on and hopefully i can get to toronto and um, get back and we can uh, get a skate on this Hell summer yeah, or vice versa man or vice versa yeah come back come back to london we and we'll, um, we'll, we we'll get it Yes, boys. Thank you. Hell yeah, brother. Welcome back to the post office brought to you by our good friends over at Time Bomb Trading. And this week, we are brought to you by Stance Socks, who just released their Kill Bill and Pulp Fiction collabs. You know exactly what to do. Head down to your local skate shop and get yours before they all gone. Let's get into some emails, man. You've got mail. All right. First up, we got an email from Brad Saran. (laughs) Nice try. (laughs) What's good, gentlemen? First and foremost, I'd like to say I love your show and I appreciate what you're doing for skateboarding. I'm an avid consumer of podcasts, especially those about skating. And I'm a strong advocate for the idea that the more podcasts there are about skateboarding, the better. Which brings me to my point. It's high time that the Bunt created a spin-off show. 
I'm a big fan of ESPN's Around the Horn and think it could work well for the bunt. And I'm just curious, what skaters, photographers, videographers, and journalists can you picture serving as capable and entertaining panelists? Thanks again for all that you do. Thanks for the email, Brad. I'm not going to try and run your last name again. But I'm saying we could build a whole panel just off of ex-guests. I'd love to see my boys Weck and Ted get on there. Feedback Ted, that is. Could also throw Strobeck on there. Mix it up with me and the ghost. Maybe throw Ants 1 in front of the camera. Oh, yeah. And we got ourselves a program, baby. Yo, throw Stevie Williams in there for the culture. You know what I'm saying? Maybe some Brian Wenning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that'd be fun. All right, next up, we got an email from Kyle Beeler. Hey, boys, love the pod, guys. Keep this shit up. The content and guests have been getting better and better as the seasons go by. Thanks, brother. With the NBA regular season around the corner, I thought I'd see how you two feel about the upcoming season for the most underrated team in the league, the Denver Nuggets. I've heard you guys say that the team looks good, but ESPN, Bleacher Report, other media outlets say the same thing without diving into thoughts and projections about the team and the 2019 season. How do you guys feel about the Nuggets 2019 season? Is it a Western Conference or busting of this roster? Thoughts on Michael Porter Jr. coming in? Bull Bull playing time? Is the team going to be able to compete with the Clippers, Lakers, Golden State, Blazers, and Rockets? Let me know what you think. Much love from Denver. I think we've gone on wax to say that we thought Denver would probably win the Western Conference this year. Is that what we were saying? Well, we said the regular season. Yeah, that's what I meant. Be the the number one seed. Them and the Jazz will probably battle it out, I think. If you want us to dive deeper, well, specifically the questions you asked, I'm really excited to see what Michael Porter Jr. has up his sleeve. Uh, He was ranked number one in high school at one point before um, injuries set him back. So I think it was really smart what they did by drafting him last year, already having the nucleus that they needed to be a playoff team with Gary Harris, etc., I guess it's kind of loose to just say Gary, you, but you know the Gary, you're from Jamal, Jokic, Millsap. We I, feel you. I like Gary more than Jamal Murray, but no, injuries no. have cost him. Oh, maybe yeah. have cost him a lot of money because of injuries yeah. and opportune times. But Jamal's yeah. got a better ceiling. No, but ceiling. yeah, a higher ceiling. But he's so inconsistent. Two years ago, Gary had a dope season. Yeah, it was a fantasy stud, a low key one. Steals and threes, baby. Whereas. Uh, but even two years ago, he was hurt as well. Yeah, yeah. He always, he always hurt. gets hurt. But That's why Jamal's taken over. I think. Anyways, yeah, Michael Porter Jr., wild card. But if he's healthy and lives up to even, you know, 70% of the hype, they're going to be that much more potent. I love them drafting Bol Bol, another project guy who got injured, but potentials through the roof. So it's kind of genius. You already have a top two, three, maybe even first seed, and you just draft guys that have injuries. So they went lower in the draft, but have insane potential. And yes, I'd say it's Western Conference or bust, obviously. Absolutely. They went it was the, this year, too. I think we both no, also it wasn't. said... No, it wasn't. Man, they, they could have won this they year. They didn't make the playoffs the year before. Yeah, but they could have won the Western Conference yeah, this but year. It wasn't. I feel like they were a much better matchup versus the Warriors than I the think they could have beat the Warriors without KD. That's what I'm saying. The Trailblazers was a bad matchup for them, and they just slipped by them with the skin of their teeth. I wanted D-Will to win... And the Blazers to beat them, but I always thought that they had a better shot against the Warriors. Well, yeah, we both love both those teams, so that was one. Of, that was one of the harder series to watch, where I was like, you know, I'm happy either way. But 
it wasn't Western Conference or bust. I agree with everything you said except for that. No, Getting to the second round and to a game seven was no, they should have won. Huge. Yeah, but going into the season, it wasn't Western Conference or bust. It was obviously make the playoffs and then win a series and go to a game seven. I thought that was a successful season for their young team. No, I think they could have done and better. They could have. They could have. But I'm from. just saying now, like I'm saying, going into last season versus going into this season, it's so different the expectations. expectations rise every year. Yeah. And now it's Western Conference or bust. And obviously, once you get there, you want to make it to the finals. But we've seen it with Portland. They probably never admit it, but they were satisfied and they were happy to get to the conference finals. who was denver or portland? Port, portland. Oh, portland for sure yeah i mean obviously you want to get to the finals but and i understand his team, frustration not getting as much media coverage being in denver but try being a fan of the raptors man we're the same had serious regular seasons forever no respect i understand where you're coming from and yes i think you guys can definitely compete with the clippers lakers golden state blazers and rockets mm-hmm. you have the most continuity out of all those teams other than the actually no the blazers and the nuggets but i think the blazers got way more new players so the nuggets have the most returning players they're gonna build on what they did last year and if michael porter jr can give them something anything why not just an addition to an already great team again listing those teams you just see how stacked the west is so i just feel bad for a lot of teams in the west man and like when coaches or gms get fired it's like man what the fuck am i supposed to do in this conference (laughs) you know you could just lose in the first round with a bad matchup savage it's happened over and over and over again yeah all right next up we got an email from jg that's an easier name than last time. Yo, I appreciate what you guys are doing. Straight up killing it on season nine. It's dope you cover two things that mean a lot to me, skateboarding and sports. Even though I spend more time on the links than the board these days, I'm 34 years old and fucking washed. I still love the interviews and especially love the rundown. Whew, that's nice to hear, man. <laughs> Speaking of which, the New York Giants slander was so heavy in episode seven, I started to get tight but then realized while I am a diehard Giants fan, I'm not delusional, and they will indeed be straight garbage. (laughs) In brackets, 5-11, and maybe. Yeah, I'd say that's a stretch. But Saquon is the dude, easily a number one pick in fantasy, especially PPR leagues. Keep up the good work and get Todd Jordan on the pod, an upstate New York legend, JG. And we've been trying to get Todd, actually. Yeah, we've been reaching out to him. I think he just got married recently. I saw on Instagram. So maybe for next season, yeah? Yeah. Straight legend. Try again. Man, the New York Giants, you're in for a long season, dog. Like I said, I think 5 and 11 is a stretch. I could see Daniel Jones potentially taking over at some point for Eli Manning. It's time to cut the cord with that one, man. And Saquon, I agree with you. He is definitely that dude. But the New York Giants are wasting his prime years. Like when you have a running back, you got what? Five to six years of true dominance. You already lost one. We're going into the second. You guys traded the best player on your team. Sterling Shepard's hurt already. I don't know, man. It's looking rough. I feel bad for Saquon. It's going to be a lot of work for him to do. And I also don't agree with taking him first overall. For running backs, I like them to be on teams that are always in scoring position. I see a lot of three and outs coming, a lot of stack boxes. He's going to get the touches, but he's going to be worn down by week seven, man. Take him at your own risk. I think he scored more points per game when OBJ was in the game, which obviously makes sense. Say goodbye to him. Dusty, Eli, 
trying to air out the ball is no threat these days. Uh, the I had OBJ for like half the year, and the amount of times this man was throwing like five yards behind him just killing me on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a long season. Like you said, I think it's a wasted year of his prime. They should just fucking trade him. They should trade him. Yeah, they, I don't know what, what they got to do, but don't run him into the ground in his second That's year. That's what they're going to do. Yeah, trying to get like like last year they were just getting wins at the end of the year for no damn reason. Rest the man. So I feel bad for you, uh, JG. It's gonna be a long one. But I feel bad for Saquon even more. Oh yeah. Alright, next up we got an email from Felix Guerrero. I love the podcast, mostly the rapid fire. Cue the gunshot sounds. <laughs> I am an advocate for the Spring Valley skate park in San Diego. Just looking for a shout out. Please help. By signing our petition, www.springvalleyskatepark.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Just look for Spring Valley Skate Park. One question though, what is your most favorite shoe to skate and why? For me, it was the Andrew Reynolds one from America. For some reason, I was able to get the best switch frontside flips with them. Jeez! I've been chasing that dragon ever since. Favorite skate shoe? Easy for me, man. Vans, skate high, classics, preferably customs and leather with the bunt on the back. It's too easy, man. I like that. It's my pro shoe. I'm going to go back in time around 2004 or 5. The Vans Estilos. Scott Kane making them look too clean in 4 and 163. Uh, Good luck with your petition, bruv. No wonder you had switch frontside flips with the Reynolds. Sometimes when you get a pro shoe and it's a trick they have good, you trick yourself into being like, yo, I got these. All right, next up, we got an email from Samuel Carlin Jr. What the fuck is up, homeboys? It's your homie, MAS motherfucking one. This season has been ridiculous. Some OGs so far and a few young rippers. My question to you three, yes, need to hear the young base god ants answer too. What are some of your favorite and memorable skate edits, songs, pairings that you love growing up? Maybe it could be an artist you never knew of, but fell in love with because of the part. Maybe it's some deep cut that you still don't know the artist, but anytime it pops up, your mind goes straight to that part. I know you got some. What it be, boys? What beats got you hyped? Big the fuck up, homies. Keep up the good work. Shout out to my crew, teen fucking mob. Still. Good question, Samuel. I think we may have answered this once or twice before, but as the days pass, it's always a new one. The first one that comes to mind for me is AVE in the DC video. Ted Nugent Stormtrooping. Classic, baby. A lot to do with AVE and a lot to do with the song, bro. That song went hard for sure. Equal parts. For me, I wanted to think of something that just had me singing in another language, just pretending I know the words. (laughs) But not just me. We all had it on our MP3 players back in the day. 100%. And you know I'm going with Rodrigo TX first part in The Firm, Can't Stop. And we just looked it up. It's by Tribalistas. Ya se enamorar. You know what I'm saying? And that was karaoke with the ghost, baby. I think he nailed it. And we also want to shout out one other one we loved. Rick McCrank. Yeah, right. La Tigra. Decepticon. Classic, yeah. baby. That's just that classic skate video getting you to listen to some shit you never would have otherwise. Not even close. Gotta love it, man. Oh, shit. 
Uh, music and skate videos was huge to me, as I'm sure it was to all of you guys. The right song just makes everything better. Um, and like these guys said, a good part can be ruined by a bad song and a good song can make a part look even better. So I'm gonna just name a couple that come to my mind. Antoine Dixon, Baker 3, obviously. Paul Rodriguez, yeah, right. Um, I loved Morgan Smith's Transworld part with uh, Nas Recognized. That one was huge. Um, John Alley, It's Time. Tommy Sandoval, Tony Cervantes, and New Blood. Fuck, I can't even tell you how many times I watched New Blood. Um, I really like Travis Stanger's part in uh, Modern Love. That shit was dope. James Craig's part in Blind What If. Um, and maybe an honorable mention, uh, Cody Brown in Environment. And uh, yeah, anything that Bass Motion, aka Bass, edited back in the day, he was like the main editor for all those dudes, safe uh, Morgan way back in the day and that guy would go crazy with the songs man his edits were off the charts and like still to this day i some of those parts are ingrained in my memory the path montage if you guys can get access to that montage the underground toronto montage that shit was nuts shout out to bass <laughs> next up we got an email from the good homie james tome who just saw it fucking the pond a couple weeks ago mm -hmm. And now he's in Berlin shredding. Heading to Berlin at the moment to meet up with the good homies Drew Williams, Vans, baby, Duke, legend, Jesse, and Jacob. Bunch of legends. Oh. While I wait for the flight to board, I wanted to pick your brain on illegal filming and or editing tricks. Aside from the typical slow-mo, speed ramping, and overly obnoxious face zoom-ins, I've always been put off by a couple more particular things, such as flukish b-roll roll-up clips where the skater didn't actually land the trick in that attempt i.e a dog chases the skater on the roll-up but the editor cuts to the actual clip where the skater lands the trick we're definitely familiar with those mm -hmm. when the editor times the lyrics of the song to what's on the screen i.e a shot of the generator lights switching on when the song mentions something about lights <laughs> and most criminal of all hiring actors to snap on the skater as if they were some super citizen this is worse than bare s spot building in my opinion i.e nike's debacle yeah that was so dusty was that like daryl angel's intro and like he breaks the glass and then like someone's oh, yeah. yelling at him <laughs> yeah that was kind of awkward and uh, cringe i'm curious if there are any other illegal techniques in your books P.S. I'm really nervous about Berlin. Seifa, do you have any tips on getting into Bergheim? What kind of shoes should one wear? What did, didn't work for you? Yeah, you got jokes, eh? Because you know I still haven't been in. I think I've been rejected three or four times now. Well, you ain't got the uniform? Well, apparently, I think they heard, like, one of the bouncers or one of the things was, like, they fucking hate when you pull up wearing Janowskis. And me and Bass went both wearing Janowskis, like no clue. And just like got, the, the club actually doesn't like Janowskis. Yeah, like the, the bouncers are like, Jesus. oh, Janowskis, like, and they just say <laughs> yes or no. And like, if they say no, it's not like America where you can just be like, yo, 40 bucks, like 20 bucks. It's just like, you're yes up. or no. So you feel so like, and it's kind of like a mission to get there. And then you're like all excited and there's such a buildup. And then you get to the front of the line finally. And they're just like nine. And you're just like, ah, the kit check of sin. Yeah. And then you got like a fucking five minute walk back to like anything else where you're just so bummed. Uh, well, good luck getting in boys. I'm truly going to be jealous and pissed if you get in again. And then as far as illegal shit, it's a good question. You covered uh, most of them. 
we'd have to watch too many hours of skate videos to really give you our best answer but uh off top off top i'm gonna go with when the editor puts in like your your hype after you land a trick which usually you don't expect to be in your part but sometimes you come off like a kook and it's not your fault like everyone gets hyped when they get a clip but i i sometimes i get rubbed the wrong way by skaters when there's too much of their celebrations in the part it's like yo chill and not even the skater just the editor like keep that between the people that were there absolutely a couple that come to mind for me are i hate when i see clips of skaters negotiating with security guards in the videos no need for that we've seen it all before and another classic one is when it's time for the hammer section at the end of someone's part and they show a couple roll-ups and the music it's a little slower and more emotional or maybe they're like (laughs) slamming their board or doing a little stressing out before it walking up the stairs that type of stuff man it's a little extra for me and ain't trying to see that in the skate video all right next up we got an email from jake loken what's up boys at the bunt live i grew up with the only in quotations shop in my city being a west 49 i used to be so hyped around christmas time when the flow videos would come out what were your thoughts on west 49 back in the day and how far it's fallen in the last 10 years keep up the great work my dudes um yo remember the rumor back in the day that warren got kicked off of perception for shopping at west 49 (laughs) no that's funny classic me and dono we're extremely lucky to have you know core dope shops around when we were growing up i've been on a drift skate shop since grade 11. Mm-hmm. dono was on perception shop since around that time too so we didn't have too much west 49 in our lives i can't even really comment on that man i mean no, west but 49 I think got... we were around when it like first popped up oh yeah yeah and but... it was a big issue for the core shops that we did spend most of our time at like perception and adrift and and now there's zoomies which is basically i feel like the new west 49 but i don't know like for people in your situation it's it was really the only thing they had close to a skate shop so i guess it's did its job guys like you are still skating and it did do a lot for the industry had that big contest but it also took away a lot so it was good and bad and i can't say that i miss it man yeah like i don't think either of us ever shopped there but you know on the positive side they did do west 49 open which was really fun and sick for toronto or like it was in mississauga and also i think they put the money behind environment there was a little bit i think shouts to them for that because that was a, a dope video for toronto as well but they could have done a lot more as well like we're not saying that they were a big help to the skate scene yeah but at the end of the day we we weren't involved with west 49 at all and we had dope local shops that me and donald ride for a drift now still so uh yeah i'm saying let's put the the respect on on our shops in the city i've been holding us down since day one it's as core as it gets baby all right next up we got an email from jack cd6 bunt gang finally reaching out and first of all i want to put some respect on my young fast twitch dude i grew up around cody thompson of the kansas city chiefs dj and Safa. the show is sick and i've enjoyed it over the years have you ever or would you ever drop in on a vert ramp it's never too late look at kelly hart how stoked would both of you be if you dropped in before 2020 please get 
John Garner in Studio E. Never met him, but that dude is rad. Ridge Runners for Life, J-Bone. Uh, I've never dropped in on a vert ramp. Me either. Fuck, do we have to drop in on a vert ramp now? Yo, that shit's scary. Like, <laughs> we dropped in at, like, Vanderhoof in the pool, coping. That's oh, just... have you done uh, Ash Bridges, Deep End? I don't think so. No, I did have that. Have you? That's, that's vert enough. I might have. Fuck, I can't remember. You just gotta get up there and not even look, man. Yeah. But no, I'm... Vert ramp, yo, J Bone, send us a clip of you dropping it on a vert ramp, and we'll back it up, man. Yo, Kelly Hart did it. That's what he's saying. I never seen. I, I don't want to keep up that. with Kelly Hart, unfortunately. Damn, be you cold? I'm not. I'm just um, John Garner, man. Yo, send us his contact info. We'll get him on the pod, G. All right. Next up, we got an email from Dylan C. How's it going, boys? I'm a longtime listener. And was blessed with you boys reading a few of my questions in the post office in the past. Anyway, I can't wait for you guys to put out a video of the bunt team and past guest shredding whenever it will be. My question is, just for jokes, can the people get in a legal trick section? I'm talking full legal, tight high water pants or baggy purple camo, a throwback 4XLT and fitted hat. I want you to show the people your best caution hands out of backside nose slides to fakey, double flips, <laughs> crook three shoves, nollie smiths, varial flips, and all of that. Yo, varial flips are not illegal, man. Yeah, no, they ain't. I want to I wanna try and get a switch varial flip on yeah, flat yeah. or wherever. Just think about nollie varial flip, man. Zeb? Yeah. Come on. I think it will be jokes to have an after credits part of just the most illegal shit possible. Also, when can we expect more heat in the web shop? Man's waited five minutes after the drop, and y'all sold out a size small championship tees. Did Mitch Brett and Grant Patterson cop them all? Just kidding, just kidding. And Boo Boo and GP have two of my favorite episodes on the bunt. Anyways, stay well and keep killing it, boys. The season of ships is burning barns all across the world. Hell yeah, Dylan, thanks for dropping into the post office again. I think we have something better up our sleeves than an illegal trick section, man. We, we'll think of something, dog. We ain't done with illegal tricks. We believe in it. And uh, the bunt will carry it on. Yeah, maybe if we get some illegal tricks, like spur of the moment, we'll throw them in the credits or something. But I can't picture us going out of our way to film illegal tricks because it's hard enough to get a real clip as it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And more heat in the web shop. Season 10, baby. It's going to be there, dog. But that was a good idea, and we appreciate you uh, even taking the time to think of it. Thanks, Dylan. Hey, that's a rapidly wrap for the post office this week. Appreciate it. Yo, we want some voice notes next week. Holla. Welcome back to The Rundown, the skateboard world's source for sports. It's fantasy football season, and we couldn't be happier. This is the first week of our position by position breakdown, and we starting with the tight ends. But before we get into all that, couple news and notes in the NFL, I just want to get to, man. You see my man Tom Brady got the bag again, and he doing it for his team. There ain't nothing better than the GOAT, is there? Yeah, he's a G. You know, he puts his ego aside when it comes to his extensions. He's the sixth highest paid receiver <laughs> in the league now. We're so used to everyone resetting the market. So, you know, they're going to keep doing their thing. Congrats, Tom. Sixth round selection, six rings, six highest paid. Something don't add up there, but I guess he's just a team player, baby. Well, 
It's not like you're mad. That's why, that's why they have the fucking depth they have to keep winning. And we might be going for another one. Bring the Gronk out of retirement in week 15, 16. Get him acclimated for another playoff run. Whew. I can't wait to see them lose. I, Excuse the, me? the three seasons I've watched start to finish now, they've gone to the Super Bowl every time. I'm fucking sick of it. Holy fuck. I didn't even think of that, man. But ain't nobody in their division going to stop them. I mean, the Jets can... Maybe fuck around and get one win off them, but that's about it. And the team you would have thought that had the least chance to beat them in those three Super Bowls is the one team that won. Madness. Nick, Nick Foles, man. He uh, Shout out for stopping a three-peat of pain. St. Nick, baby. Can't wait to watch him down in Jacksonville, though. That's going to be hype. One other piece of news, man. Antonio Brown hasn't practiced yet in training camp for no reason other than the bottom of his feet are fucked, baby. Have you seen that picture? Nah. -uh. Yeah, I, no, let me show you real quick. What the hell? That's fucking disgusting, man. AB, get well soon. The league needs you. That's fucked. He needs to take a page out of AVE's textbook and wrap that shit up with tape and get back to business, baby, because the Raiders need you, man. Just like the Bunt listeners need our tight end projections for the 2019 fantasy football season. But before we get into it, one quick note again. Remember last year when we did this? and we each decided to pick a sleeper that would finish inside the top five. Shout out to me and Eric Ebron. You're a real one. Yeah, and I'm the one who had Ebron on my roster, so shout out to me. For taking my advice. I didn't take your advice. That's, uh, well, you, you drafted Eric Ebron or picked N him up. And, Dave uh, Delfino dropped him, and I was probably, like, yoink. You just heard my voice in the back of your head, and you're like, <laughs> yo, this makes sense, man. I heard that somewhere. Fab dollars. That's the way to do it. Bunt Listener League, in case you weren't aware, we going fab all day. So let's break down who we think are going to be the top five fantasy football tight ends of this year. I think the top three, maybe even four, are pretty settled. And then after that, the five spot, who the hell knows? And we're going to hit you with a couple sleepers as well. It's pretty easy to tell who's at the top of this mountain. It's going to be Travis Kelsey at number one, Zach Ertz at number two, George Kittle at number three. And after this, the waters get a little murky, but I'm going Hunter Henry at four and Eric Ebron, my sleeper from last year, everyone's favorite tight end this year. Who? Eric Ebron. Ebron, my boy. Whose boy? My boy. He was getting double, two touchdowns a game for me and shit. Uh, my list, similar, a little different. I've been telling you for years. Oh, and let me just get your thoughts real quick. How sad is it for you to look at this list with no Gronk? You know, I didn't even really think about it. I think that it's done me a favor in my fantasy football drafting process to have such a player you have deep love and affection for off the list makes things a little easier. My round two is going to go a lot smoother, I think, from now on. I feel you. You always drafted with your heart. One thing I almost, uh, I've done it, but like, think about all the years we've been playing fantasy basketball. I've never once had Kobe on my team. I learned that, you know? Yeah. But anyways, all right. My top five, I'm going Kelsey, who I've been saying is the top tight end for a this few years now. This will be the now. first year ever. Yep. <laughs> Said it on the butt multiple times. Number two, I think you had Ertz. I'm going Kittle. I think he's going to continue to build on what he did last year. Number three, Ertz. Mr. 10 points per game guaranteed, almost. And then... I'm going to go with my man, Eric Ebron, at four. I'm going to wrap it up with Vance McDonald as my kind of sleeper number five guy. 
Jesse James is out of town, AB's out of town, and uh, we know how much Big Ben loves to throw that damn ball. 200 targets up for grabs. So it looks like in our tight end world, the only thing we're disagreeing on up top, you have Kittle over Ertz. I'm saying Carson Wentz going for that MVP this year. Ertz is about to be a big part of it. Kittle did a lot of his damage with somebody who isn't the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers right now. Jimmy G's back in town. We'll see how he works with the tight end. So a little difference there, but one thing we can agree on, currently OJ Howard is ranked fourth by Fantasy Pros. We both left him off our top five. Can you uh, give me a reason why? I love OJ Howard. He's fucking massive. Absolute athlete. He's quick as hell for how big he is. But uh, last year, I... I tried to drink from the O.J. Howard tree of life, and he. Excuse me. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what I was trying to say. You know what I'm. What I mean. You're sipping this Kool Aid. Yeah. He he let me down. He got injured. I think he got injured once, or he came in injured, played a little bit, had some some flashes mm-hmm. of greatness, which he's been doing for the last two years. But then he had a season-ending injury. Yeah. So, he's one of those. Uh, prove it to me first because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump on the pre-draft uh, hype train for me It isn't as much about OJ Howard as it is Jameis Winston great point Jameis has a lot to prove Unfortunately, OJ Howard has to live and die by Jameis's arm and it's not the most trustworthy arm in the NFL Yeah, what was that backup quarterback that like they kept taking the job back and forth last Fitz year? Magic. Oh, Fitz magic. But he's down in Miami now So <laughs> He's somewhere else. It's all Jameis all year. Yo, Jameis better he's come be, in. Hopefully, he's finally eating those W's he's been sucking on his fingers talking about. He better come in fucking focus, man. I feel like this is his last shot. If he does anything off the field or plays like ass and like turns it over nonstop, like he could be a backup for the rest of his career, man. Yo, the funny thing is him and Mariota came into the league 1-2. I think they're both in show me years, man. Yeah, they both got to prove it. Yeah. But at least Mariota's like, <clears throat> it's been a lot of injuries. Jameis has been some off-field bullshit and just like horrible play mixed in. Questionable leadership as well. And now it's time for some sleepers. This is where I nailed it last year. Let's see if I can do it again. My boy, Chris Herndon, the fourth. He's suspended for the first four games of the season, so he might even go undrafted. But him and Sam Darnold proved to be a force at the end of the year last year, and I think they can pick up where they left off. The four-game suspension will be tough. Guys have a tough time starting the year in the hole like that, but it's a young team, young quarterback, young tight end. They got Lev Bell. I think he can do it, man. Real shit. I I like that pick. Uh, Evan Engram, I ain't touching him again. He's another dude where I just think that team's going to be so trash. He's ranked pretty high, number five. Uh, I ain't touching him with a 10-foot pole. For my sleeper, don't love him, but I'm loving the new team and the potential for clean, open targets. Jared Cook, man. Mm. New Orleans needed, desperately needed someone reliable after last year's dustiness. Didn't homie like retire? Did he retire midseason? He retired and now he's with the Patriots. Well, either way, Benjamin Watson was not the answer. So I'm hyped to see what Jared Cook can do with Drew Brees. And then obviously, you know, the Trey Burns and Njoku's of, of floppiness last year. I'm hoping that they can bounce back and prove themselves. And then there's always Jordan Reed and Greg Olson, (laughs) the ER of the NFL tight end landscape. If they're playing, 
It's worth a shot in the dark because the tight end position is scarce, but they ain't playing very often. Baby. Yeah, as the years go on, that hope fades more and more. Rule 89. Let's wrap up the rundown with a little bit of NBA talk. Carmelo Anthony did a little bit of a press tour, landing himself on first take in the hot seat with Stephen A. And uh, he had some pretty interesting things to say, man. Yeah, well, it wasn't really a press tour. It was just one one-on-one sit-down with Stephen A., which left me very sad and mad at the NBA as a whole for uh, treating one of their greats like this. Carmelo feels like there's some sort of conspiracy against him because he's obviously more talented than a lot of guys in the league. But sometimes aging superstars are the the hardest to deal with. But uh, it sounds like he's ready to swallow his pride and just wants to play. I heard it was compared to Terrell Owens in the NFL in the last couple years. Yeah, that was Jalen made that comparison. Great comparison. All I got to say is please, NBA, figure it out. Melo's last game in the NBA could not have been that 10th game with Houston last year. That's a disgrace. And like, who, someone just got signed the other day that's like so dusty. Oh, I know, I saw on Bleacher Report that the Hawks are keeping their 15th roster spot open for Vince Vince, in case he decides to come back. I mean, I want Vince to go to a contender. Like, just go play with the Clippers, please. Go to the, go to the Jazz. Yeah, just go somewhere where you could get to the conference finals at least, hopefully, you know. Enjoy some success. But whatever. It, I just thought it was hilarious that the Hawks are keeping a spot open in case 41-year-old Vince or 42, whatever he is now, wants to play. Meanwhile, Melo's just out here begging for a job. God damn it. Let's get Melo on an NBA team and let's get him on a contender. He deserves to be in the NBA and it's an absolute catastrophe that he isn't. I would love to see him on the Clippers actually. And even if he plays 10 minutes a game just to be winning yeah, why don't you and just see him take, on the bench hyped, you know? Yeah, why don't you just take the Joe Johnson role that he was running later on in his career when he was moving around a bit. He was with Brooklyn and then he was with Utah, was it? Yeah. Like you can fill that role. You can bang big shots when they matter. And uh, a lot of guys in the NBA can't, man. So there's got to be a spot for him. Yo, I could see ISO Joe back in the league as well. I don't know if you saw his four-point uh, winner in the big three the other day. No. He, in the big three, it's first team to 50. And his team had 46 and the other team had 48. Damn. And he hit a step back four-pointer. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just so clean. And I was like, damn, I miss this guy in the league. But obviously... You know, endurance is is different in the league when you're going up and down the court. He obviously can't keep up on D, but uh, that's a good vet to have as well. But back to our main point, Melo deserves not a farewell tour, but he deserves a spot on a team, man. 100%. For a year or two at least, dog. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up another episode of The Bunt. Thank you all for listening. And good news for y'all, we're going to be back next Wednesday, baby. See you then. Hell yeah.